HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Japan Needs. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Brothers in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen in Sakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to demystify it in this program with my good guests. And my guest today is Heidi Nestler, who is the owner of the Wampaku Natto, which is a producer of traditional Japanese natto uh, based in Portland, Oregon. And if you go to the supermarket in Japan, at least 5 or probably up to 20 different kinds of natto are sold. And while you're in Japan, you may be asked, can you eat natto? It's a test to see how Japanese you are. And they say natto is one of the stinkiest foods in Japan, and also it's the one of the healthiest foods in, on the planet. And it is somewhat addictive too, like stinky cheese. So today we'll discuss what exactly natto is, health benefit of natto, how to eat natto, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast. If you haven't, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Needs. Also, if you have ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. And you can email us at japanneeds at heritageradionetwork.org or kikokatema.com. Now let's start our conversation with Heidi Nessler. Hello, Heidi. Hi. Thank you Welcome for having to, me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, you live in Portland, Oregon. Yes. But uh, what, where, where are you originally from? Well, actually, originally I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm. So this trip back to New York. Okay, welcome back. This is the first time in about 30 years. Oh, so wow. So it's been, yeah, wow. very nostalgic. Interesting. Yeah. So, but I don't think uh, you grew up eating natto. Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not grow up eating natto. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So, uh, so you founded your natto company, Wampak Natto, in 2017. Right, just right. began it, yes. And uh, so, but before that, you worked as a cooking instructor. So how did you get into the food business in the first place? Uh, well, I, you know, I grew up always interested in food. Um, my family was early foodies. Um, mm. um, and, you know, I think I raised two children and I wanted to bring the best food to them. And you know, my children are Japanese, so I learned about Japanese cooking and I wanted to have the most you know, I guess traditional Japanese food for them as mm -hmm. well as, and then, you know, really rediscovering what that meant 
you know, for, you know, from my culture as well. And so learning to make, you know, bone broth and, Mm. um, you know, really cooking from scratch. And so, you know, I really wanted to pass those skills on because those are, you know, lost in a generation. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I began teaching like traditional foods, including a lot of fermented foods. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's lost tradition, but it's reviving yes. rapidly. Yeah. Recently. It's very exciting. Right. Yeah, and including like Nordic cuisine and oh, all those. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm into all of it. So right. yeah. And they like yeah. fermentation. And, and fermentation's always there in every culture. So yeah. Right. And uh, the Renee from Noma, I heard uh, he made a uh, Edamame, or like a green pea miso or something like that? Yeah, I mean, miso is a really interesting one because you can really use any type of bean. Well, not maybe. You can have a wide range of experimentation with miso. And right. Yeah, but, and it's so exciting to see those different misos mm. coming up. Well, then, well, your website, uh, you, you said uh, you call yourself fermentation teacher. So, <laughs> I do. Yes. Hey, so we really got into that area. I really dug deep, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I... I um, I lived in Japan in the early 90s, you know, raised two kids there, mm-hmm. you know, started to raise them. They were born there. Mm. And, um, you know, I was making, <laughs> you know, I was making tsukemono. I was making Japanese pickles, wow. um, you know, making it with the rice bran pickling mm-hmm. pot. You know, by, by the way, the uh, mutual friends, Elizabeth Anto. Uh, yes. Yeah, she came <laughs> to the show and then I think it's episode 83. She talked about how to make Japanese kimono. Uh, yeah, and her, her description in Kansha of, you know, how to make the, the rice bran pickles is, is just, I mean, it's very accurate and it's so incredibly beautifully written. Right. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes to read it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there I am, you know, crying over right. pickles. But, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, so I was living in the Japanese countryside, you know, sort of uh, between Kitakyushu and Oita. Uh-huh, that's and really the southern Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I was learning really about the culture through food and, and you know, a lot of different pickles. And, um, you know, and I think, what did I understand really that I was, oh, they're, they're, they're healthy. I'm eating more vegetables. I didn't deeply understand what fermentation meant, although I was doing it. It was, mm. it was quite odd. And so I returned to the United States probably 2005, you know, back and forth a little bit, mm. Japan, United States. And, um, but 2005, and, you know, I guess I was thinking about, um, yeah, well, Sandor Katz is a huge influence on me. He's a mentor. Mm. Um, he had that wild fermentation, and I got a hold of that, and was super excited to explore, you know, sort of sauerkraut, you know, the ferments of my ans- my ancestors from mm. Northern Europe. And and then, of course, ferments from all over the world. And I've taken classes and courses and mm. residencies with Sandor. And, you know, so that really, um, I think his style of, uh, you know, sort of empowering people to take these, learn these skills and mm. take them out into the world and right. demystifying it. It's not scary or dangerous. Mm. You're not going to kill the family, you know. That right. kind of thing. Well, that's right. interesting because I think, you know, the, the fermentation cells because recently very scientifically analyzed. Yeah. And then the borderline between rotten and fermentation <laughs> right. is you like it, it's fermentation. Uh, and yeah. you don't like it, it's uh, rotten. Right. And also that control that you have. I mean, we're sort of directing the right. bacteria to of do course. what we want it to do for our own right. flavor Not to the extreme. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Mm. And many of those things occurred by happy accident, you know, so, mm. you know, I mean, who were, you know, think about our ancestors and, uh, like, who came up with this <laughs> kind of thing? Who who discovered or who right. came up with natto, for example? Right. The first time who tried to eat it. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> Our adventurous, uh, <laughs> the adventurous ones. Right. And uh, so, um, what was your first experience of eating natto? Well, I was in college in uh, on Long Island, actually, and so I went to a alternative Quaker college. Very. Um, not you know we didn't have classes we didn't have grades you know mm, nice. and right, I mean it's it's sort of like today's gap year times four that was my education you know <laughs> so um I had a uh, sort of interesting Japanese boyfriend at the time and um he uh we were working we were sort of doing you know the odd jobs and going out to work uh you know doing gardening I think and mm. so we were running late and we needed a hearty breakfast and he mixed together uh 
I think like in a Tupperware bowl or something, you know, sort of brown rice and natto and with a, sp- a big spoon in it. Mm. And we got in the car and he's like, here, eat this, you know. Wow. And, you know, that was my that was my introduction. And without knowing it, he was, you know, t- checking me out. Like, is she going <laughs> to like it? And I was like, oh, this is good. And, you know, because I think I had no preconceived notions about it. You know, mm. I think it's generally considered, you know, an acquired taste. You mm-hmm. know? So, I, so I ate the natto. It was, oh, this is really good. I think I, my first impression was that it had a nuttiness to it. And that's often what I hear people say. Mm. You know, mm, it's a little nutty. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I passed the natto test and, you know. <laughs> the natto test, <laughs> You know, we raised two kids together. You know, we were together for 20-some-odd years. And, yeah, mm. I mean, it was... Really interesting beginning. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But very impressive that, you know, I think people scare foreigners, gaijin, yeah. too much about natto. Because, in fact, it's it's not, there's nothing special. It's like, to me, stinky cheese is a, mu- a lot more oh, yeah. intense. I mean, I think there are a lot of um, foods that are more challenging than natto. Right. But it, it <laughs> sort of falls into that category. I mean, it, it's always put there. And I'm, I guess I'm trying to take it out of that category a little bit. So, right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so how did you end up be making natto? Well, yeah, I think it's interesting because all of these, you know, once you learn more about fermentation and, oh, that's fermented, oh, that's a product of fermentation. I mean, there's this natural, with me at least, this DIY spirit of like, hmm, how is that made? And, uh, you know, I grew up, my mother made yogurt, Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we bought yogurt, sometimes we had homemade yogurt. And I think with natto, I just didn't think about it much. But then when I lived in Kyoto in uh, early 2000s, I think. Um, that's a nice you know, experience, by the way. Living yeah. in Kyoto, so cool. <laughs> I know, that's, a, that's another show. Mm. Um, you know, I think you mentioned all of the nattos that are in the Japanese supermarket. Well, in Kyoto, I, I was just like, ooh, you know, and natto is not too expensive. It's just beans. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you it's know. like a, even a dollar or two dollars. Yeah, hyakuen or something. Right. Know? And so the difference between like a sort of ordinary store brand of natto and the artisan natto, you know, is like, hmm, well, let's give it a try. And mm. I mean, it really blew me away. I mean, the taste was so interesting. And it's like, the package looks so cool. And, you know, I'm looking at it and like, wow, you know, that address, it's like right over there somewhere. So, you know, I think knowing that there was like this small production of natto in mm. Kyoto, I mean, and the tastes really spoiled me. And then um, we moved back to the United States and our family was gifted a natto maker. And, oh, you know, <laughs> I mean, essentially, when I saw I was like, ooh, you know, when I saw it, it was essentially a yogurt maker and so you know if you're to make natto at home you know your yogurt maker is probably a good bet mm. um but so we um we're making natto in small batches and then um probably you know, about nine years ago um the so when my first workshop with uh sandor he came to portland probably 2006 or something and we um it is amazing the what came out of that, you know, many friendships and sort mm-hmm. of the Who's seeds. That? Is it Sandor Katz, he's the author of The Art of Fermentation. Oh, he's, okay, right. You know, when we think about why, you know, we are all talking about fermentation mm. and a little, um, you know, everybody's sort of aware of it now. I think it's he's really responsible for this kind of mm. rebirth. He's so humble he wouldn't say that, but, right. you know, he's certainly... A very important teacher to me. Mm. Um, and so from that experience of learning the basics of fermentation, you know, it was like a three-day thing where we learned all sorts of interesting things. But And I also made some really interesting lifelong friendships there. And out of that, um, you know, started the uh, Portland Fermentation Festival. It was one of the first in the country. Huh, that sounds um, very Portland. It doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, flash forward ahead, I'm, you know, one of the organizers now. We're about to have our eighth one. And, um, but at that first one, um, you know, they put out the call, like, amateur fermenters, anyone who, if you ferment something, uh, bring a gallon of it, you know, to share with friends, you know, that kind of wow. call. And um, it was amazing how many people turned out. Now, I don't know if fermentation back then thought, oh, booze, alcohol, <laughs> like, let's show up. <laughs> but we had, I mean, it was this hot day in uh, October, and we had, like, I, I want to say close to four or 500 people show up, wow. and we were just not prepared for that. But, you know, that was the first time 
I took it or we took it beyond our little yogurt maker <laughs> level and mm. really figured out a way to do it on a larger scale and um yeah and we were making little sushi rolls and introducing it then wow. so that was about nine years ago just about and I think it was very I mean back then I think people were uh, maybe hadn't heard of it or had, you know it's the same kind of mix I've heard of this before I've not heard of it before so I had some uh, students from the College of Naturopathic Medicine in, in Portland. Like, we've just learned about natto kinase in class, and we're so excited to try wow. your natto. They knew about the benefits, and they were like waiting for us. Mm, you know, that's very Portlandia. I, I know. <laughs> I, Portlandia has a lot of truth in it. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they were the first in line, and they tried it, and. Wow, the, their reaction. This is the first time to our debut of Nato. And I think they may have spit it out. Turned, thank you very much. And, you know, and, mm. But it was interesting because people were like, cool, what's this? And they had never heard of it. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm coming back for more. And, mm. you know, it was so people were connecting with it who had had no experience with it. And that was interesting to me based on kind mm. of the stereotypes about Nato. It's an acquired taste. You have to have grown up with it. Right. Yeah, mm. so that sort of thing. Okay, so um, for listeners who have no idea what a natto what, is, what is natto? Right? <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, what yeah. is natto? What is natto? So, um, they are natto is a traditionally fermented uh, soybean. So, um, it's typically eaten for breakfast, um, and you know, like miso is fermented soybeans, and we're saying we could use other beans for that. Mm -hmm. um, in Southeast Asian culture, there's tempeh. You know, these are fermented beans. So natto is a little different than those because it uses a bacteria for the starter culture. Mm. So, and then, you know, in the fermentation process, it becomes stinky, and <laughs> some would say stinky, fragrant, <laughs> um, and sticky. Right. And... Um, So yeah, it's a it's ferment. You, you steam the beans, soak the beans, steam the beans, and then um, you inoculate them with the starter culture, mm -hmm. and um, they are fermented. You hold it at not surprisingly yogurt sort of temperatures. Mm -hmm. If anybody's made yogurt, it's a similar process. Right. And I think that um, so you know there's a range there. Like I've seen in literature, like six to twenty four hours, which is a huge range. So. Mm -hmm. Fermentation takes place during that time, and But then let's yeah. just you oh, know, back like up you're a little, going yeah. like really away more. Oh yeah, this is my passion. So I, I know, can. I know, but <laughs> I want to hear about that because I think you, you know, our listeners can even make natto by themselves yeah. if they want to. So they I'm going to save it for yeah. you know a minute later. So, But, um, so I heard it. The, do you know the history of natto? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> the history of natto. You know, there's so many stories out there. Um, it's hard to know. So basically, kind of knowing a little bit of the background, natto is uh, the starter culture. The bacteria um, grows occurs naturally on the the rice straw. Mm -hmm. So if you think back to when you know Japanese were you know starting um, to grow soybeans and to grow. Uh, rice, you know, and then you have the straws. So mm -hmm. these things are kind of in the air, right. literally. I mean, the the sport, you know, the the right. natto. And also the Japanese, you know, old old time, they have a straw mats at home. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you drop uh, soybeans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now we have the first natto, and I'm sure that must have happened many different places in Japan where people were eating soybeans and had straw mats and right. straw. Rooms I heard it's like the first one. Oh recorded was uh, 2,000 years ago. I, you know, yeah. I've heard that too. And I think that that's kind of interesting because, you know, these are farm folks. So who's making those records? You know, like it's, right. it's maybe um, all these instances of natto uh, fermentation, you know, were, were not even recorded. It was just mm -hmm. sort of... Well, maybe some, uh, you know, remains. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting field, isn't right. it? And also, I heard that uh, in the 11th century, shogun Minamoto no Yoshie brought yes. uh, cooked soybeans packed in, uh, you know, rice straw bags to the war, and the beans fermented naturally, and his soldier noticed its toasty, nutty taste, then it smelled, and then shogun loved it, and then it became popular. Yes, I, I love that story. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of, um, you know, he, with the with the natto being kept warm in the straw, wrapped in straw, and uh, with, you know, kept warm by the 
the horse you right. know, going into battle or exactly. something. Exactly, yeah. the horseback, right? Yeah, I love that mm. that image. <laughs> and also I heard, in, you know, during the Edo period, it's which is 17th and 18th centuries, um, there is a, you know, ice cream truck, people says, you know, that the, to hear the sound, but there's natto benders. Yes, and right. And then they are so early that you got woken up, like... They wake you, wake you up, natto, natto, on the street. And that's why we eat it for breakfast, yeah. right, I think. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, but anyway, so so what are the ingredients of natto? Oh, it's really simple. Uh, soybeans and the starter culture, natto bacillus. Mm. Um, so what is Bacillus nat- subtilis natto, I think I said that yeah. backwards, right? So, so yeah. the bacillus um, subtilis natto, that's the... The same, same variation, thing, yeah. Right? yeah. So what, I- what is it? What is the difference between other bacteria? Well, I mean, it, so going back to the history of natto, I think um, it sort of was considered a seasonal food because it's when this bacteria was on the straw, so mm-hmm. it was more of a truly a wild ferment. It was coming from the straw itself. And, of course, later scientists uh, isolated the bacteria Similar to, you know, having a little packet of yogurt Mm. culture starters, you know, that sort of thing that you could make it year round. You can make it in commercial production. Mm. So they really isolated that uh, strain that worked the best with um, with making natto. But these type that type of uh, bacteria, um, you know, it's interesting to think about, Okay, this this came about when there's the soybeans and the and the rice um, in cultivation. But, you know, this bacteria has been around for like, I don't know, like three billion years or something mm, crazy like that. Right. You know, sort of waiting. And, um, but, you know, the, this kind of fermentation uh, is in Southeast Asia. It's in West Africa. Mm. You know, I think Japanese in eating natto, it's, it's more of a, a larger part of the diet, mm. as I understand it. I know, I'm really fascinated by the sort of other cultures right traditions but I heard of that but yeah but that particular strain um bacillus subtilis natto mm-hmm. is, is specifically for uh mm. you know soybean fermentation right. or, and or you you said uh, you know there are other soybean fermenting bacteria but i heard this one is very strong that it can reach to the large intestine even so uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a really uh, that is my experience as a fermenter, you know that I c- when I started, and I think you, you've probably heard like the the sort of bacteria around a natto maker, you know, mm-hmm. sort of we have this if you think of <laughs> Moyashimon or something like that, the right. great comic book about uh, <laughs> fermentation in Japan, um, you know that we probably are I probably have this lovely. <laughs> protective suit of natto culture mm. um and it does just in my own experience i have no evidence of this other than my experience is that it's uh, it kind of um uh muscles out the other mm. ferments so you know trying to make yogurt um in a kitchen that i've been making natto in is a little tricky it, it oh, often fails it it's i think it's muscled out by the right. But I heard if it goes into your intestine, you know, they grow good bacteria and suppress bad ones and then generate strong enzyme to digest protein and carbohydrates. Yeah, it really is in that category of superfoods. And, you know, Mm. the sort of folk wisdom lore um, was that it was good if you had a stomach ailment. You know, Mm. it was good if... um, you know, you'd eat something bad, and the natto would help with that. Right. And, you know, just the process of fermentation starts the breakdown, as you said, so it's much easier to digest. Mm. Um, and that's right. really sort of the theme of all fermented foods is that, mm-hmm. you know, there, that starts that process of digestion. It's sort right. of the, you know, the pickling pot is the auxiliary stomach or something. It's starting that process that makes mm. it just easier for t- us to digest. And Interesting. that's certainly true with natto. But, you know, then... Yeah, the fermentation process itself creates all these right. superfood players. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, when I like, I have late night dinner, and my mm. stomach is not super happy, and I have natto. Like, oh, wow, that's, wise woman. Yeah, it's yeah. You feel <laughs> instantly nicer, lighter. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, yeah that people have understood that for a long time. I right. Think. Yeah. So, so the, you, know, you mentioned briefly, but uh, what is the process of making natto? Because, like I said, you can make your own natto at home. You can, yeah. And it's, um, so you need, like I said, the co- t- 
temperature controlling device. And if it's not a like a yogurt maker, um, I've used uh, like coolers with um, maybe a little dangerous, but like a heating pad that doesn't turn off, and I just keep it on, mm. like an old school one that doesn't have the automatic shutoff. Right. And um, you know, keep a temperature, keep a thermometer in there to regulate mm-hmm. the temperature. So any way that you can think of that you would make um, yogurt. Mm. Um, is is a way to control the temperature. Right. Of course, I I had some equipment built by a tempeh making friend of mine oh, wow. to control the temperature. Mm. So yeah, after soaking the beans and steaming the beans, um, you can buy the the little natto starter culture, mm-hmm. and you need just the tiniest amount. Where do you buy it? Yeah, I mean, I think you can buy it online. Uh, Cultures for Health, mm. Gem Cultures, those are two big ones that offer you know fermenters okay <laughs> little starting things uh, okay and well, and I, i've seen it actually at my um wajimaya's our our japanese supermarket mm-hmm. out in pacific northwest and oh. so they have it sometimes next to the natto it's really sweet <laughs> and um yeah and then you uh keep it in a you know that sort of uh temperature controlled environment mm. and what, what kind of temperature is it it's you know i think we have our uh, incubator set to 106. Okay. So it's interesting if anybody's made uh, tempeh before, um, it has this, uh, you know, it starts to generate heat at a certain point. So you're trying to control the heat, trying to control the heat, and whoa, the tempeh itself, or in this case, the nanto itself, it starts to generate its own heat. So you just have to kind of watch it. Mm. You know, it's it it's there's a range, but, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it's tricky. It can go wrong. Um, but that's part of the learning process. Right. But I should say, uh, you know, it might be good to have everybody in the household on board for natto because <laughs> it does have a... I love natto, um, but, the, you know, it does really... You walk in, it's like, whoa, natto. You know, mm. It's like a really strong right. smell when, you, when you're fermenting. Right. So. Well, that's a good segue to the next question about <laughs> the, the smell because... When I grew up, my father hated the smell of natto, so mm. the natto was banned from my family. So I've never yeah. seen natto by myself in my eyes until I was 25 or something. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and then recently I started eating. A couple of years ago, I really got into natto. Every single morning I wake up. You're hooked. And then, yeah, yeah, I look forward to it. That's great. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I mean, I've heard that, and I don't know, maybe you can kind of, let me know if this seems true to you, that um, 25% of Japanese don't like natto. That so think right. of a family of four. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the people in that family, one person is not going to like natto. I mean, I don't, and that, yeah. that's kind of held true in my Right, family. but I think it's, uh, you know, I think you should see the unit not as an individual, but the family. 25% yeah. of the family, because like you said, yeah. you have to be on board. That's why yeah. I never had natto. Yeah, when <laughs> exactly. I mean, to a certain extent, natto is regional in Japan, uh, historically so. Um, but then beyond that, there's mm. always going to be someone who's like, ew. You know? Right. <laughs> but, um, but how do you, you know, it's uh, some people think it's not pleasant. But to me, it was even the first time, it was quite pleasant to me. It was like a coffee. and yeah, I've heard nutty. coffee, nutty. Yeah, these are the positive descriptors I've heard for right. the, for there's the flavors. A, I think the chemical called the pyrazin. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, in cocoa and coffee. And it's, oh, it's the same yeah. thing. So yeah. that makes sense. It's not a coincidence of my imagination. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think it also comes back to the idea of, is this an acquired taste? Or what are preconceptions going into it? Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Is this, I think uh, listeners who never tried natto should be just openly trying it. It's like, it's, 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 you know, it's, I think Japanese people tend to scare <laughs> foreigners to... Yes, like, I think that's very true. It's, um, you know, a sort of test, as you said earlier. I think that, you know, how Japanese are you? Or, eh? You know, like, can you, <laughs> you eat natto? And, um, yeah, I mean, so there's that, uh, idea that natto is unique to Japan and it's kind of not, you know, in the sense that that flavor profile and similarly fermented beans is in other parts of the world. Mm. Um, but then the other piece of that is like when, so people approach me to try it and they're like, oh, I've had natto, I didn't really like it. And, you know, 
<laughs> I sort of charm them into trying it again. Mm. I say, you know, take a no thank you portion. Just, you know, try my natto. It's a little milder than other people's. People mm-hmm. said they haven't liked natto like it. Many children who right. don't like natto like it. So then they, oh, okay, they try it right. again. And also I've noticed that depending on which brand, there's yeah. a diverse difference. Yeah. So I have a, a specific natto brand that I really like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the trials, trials and errors. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then of course people try it for the first time with no preconceived notions, and they're like, "Oh, it's, right. it's not bad. It's good." So, so what is the substance that makes natto stinky? Stinky. Yeah. Uh, stinky or like you know intense. Flavor. Yeah, I think so. If folks have an experience of fermentation and they've done kimchi or they've done mm. fermented veggies, sauerkraut, I mean those uh, ferments are. Uh, there, the food is preserved through acidification, and that's how we know it's safe. Mm. Um, and that's that wonderful sour taste that we right. see. But with natto, it's an alkaline ferment, so it's quite a different category and something mm. that we don't have a lot of flavor experience. So it's that, al- mm. that, that, yeah, it's an alkaline ferment. So if you think about, <laughs> you mentioned stinky cheese, but like that really ripe mm-hmm. cheese, there's a little, and you know, sometimes it, when natto is, I don't know, been in the been around for a little past its prime it has that strong ammonia mm, right yeah and so that's that's that that alkaline right it's uh, produced by the natto bacillus yes yeah right? and i heard yeah. there's like organic acid and so all those things oh yeah created <laughs> by natto bacillus natto yeah so much happening <laughs> right. okay so um yeah, the other thing in natto is just the gooiness yeah so which i think is similar to okra it is and have you had, uh, I was once served in Japan, and that sort of became my tradition, too, of steam, lightly steaming okra, chopping it, and mixing it with mm, the natto. Right. And of course, my mother says, oh, sticky meat sticky, you <laughs> know, it's sort of like really. Yeah. But yeah, it is very similar to okra mm. in its stickiness. And that comes from the polyglutamic acid. That's this, you know, substance that's produced in the, mm. and, you know, really, that's how I know uh I've been successful with this ferment. So like after, you know, 18, 20 hours, I mm. open it up and I drag a fork across it. You know, so it'll have, when it's ready, this sort of white sheen. Oh, it looks good. And mm. then I'll drag a spoon across and then I'll see those threads. Okay. So I think that's good not though. And when it's not successful, it's not stringy like that. Mm, so, okay. Yeah. But yeah, when it's, uh, I, I have a good netto and I stir it, it's like it yeah. bubbly almost. Yes. Yes, it really does change. Right. So that's the, that, you know, the white stuff and bubbly stuff. I heard it's just umami because you said that polyglutamic acid, yeah. which is, includes a glutamic acid. Yes, yeah. So, and by stirring, you know, it becomes more flavorful. So I also think that uh, if people have a bad, you know, had a bad experience with natto or didn't like it, mm. you know, perhaps they didn't get the proper introduction. It wasn't prepared well. Mm. So I think that's super key for that first experience is just to stir it, stir it, stir right. it. And I stir it 200 times. That's, and I figured it out because I demonstrate this so much, you know, I'm front talking and stirring. So it's two minutes. Mm. So, I mean, that's a lot of stirring. You, you, right. um, <laughs> it's quite I, I'm sure you know you've seen that machine, the Japanese toy company. Yes, I saw that. And <laughs> so there is, they did really Monday to to stir, 424 times. Uh, 424. Okay, but but one stir by the machine counts two. You know, okay, one by so, so I'm, I'm pretty spot on. Right. I think, do you remember that program? Uh, no, I, I mean like you, you can half the time. Oh, you half the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty ridiculously I know. long stirring, but. Yeah. yeah, but you don't have to. I I think I do probably like fifty times. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. yeah, and you can also chop it. You know, and that sort of mm-hmm. accomplishes the same thing. Okay. Almost. Yeah. Right. And uh, I also heard that you know that the stink stickiness that's uh, called uh, mucilage, which is also in okra. So there is a reason. Yeah. To have same texture. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Similar. Hmm. Okay, so let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, uh, impressive health benefit of nuts. Oh, so okay, please yes. stay with us. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. 
Castor and Pollock scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese Broadcasting Live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katema, and my guest today is Heidi Nesla, who is the owner of the Wampak Natto, which is a Portland-based maker of traditional Japanese natto. So, um, yeah, so we talked about beneficial uh, bacteria in mm, natto. Yes. But what other benefits uh, does natto have? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, really belongs in that superfood category. I mean, it's, um, you know, in the in fermentation, often it's a way to preserve vitamins, and also um, vitamins are, so vitamins are increased or, and vitamins are created. And so in the case of natto, K2 is created, which is, um, you know, important for so many reasons. Um, blood clotting is always mentioned. Mm. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, uh, vitamin K2 is one, natokinase. Um, these are things that are isolated and presented as supplements in mm. health food stores. Right. So was- they're in natto. And uh, so the K2, um, it's really hard to, I mean, it's, it's to get a plant-based source mm. of K2. And... Um, right, so because usually it's in the beef or, you know, cow's liver, Yeah, eggs. or eggs and um, uh, cheese from cows that have grazed on pasture. Mm. Um, yeah, so, um, and it's just a really important one. It works synergistically right. with D and, you know, has so many um, important benefits. Mm. Um, and also, if you want to have a lot of K2 and they eat a lot of meat or eggs, you have other concerns like too much of calories or fat or whatever. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. But uh, we are friend Elizabeth Santo oh, uh, yes. did an interesting article, and she compares. If you compare 45 grams or 1.6 ounces of natto and the same burger patty, natto contains 80 calories, 7.4 grams of protein, and burger patty contains 180 calories um, versus 80 of natto, and fewer than 7 grams of protein. And natto is also rich in iron, calcium, potassium, vitamin B, B2, K2. It's like spinach or banana or milk, yeah. like all those good things in other yeah. box. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, very nutritious in its own right. I mean, it's it's just uh, and then on top of that, the extra goodies of mm. the natto kinase and right. Yeah. So oh, actually, yes. Yeah, so let's talk about the natto kinase because that's a very important keyword, right? What, yeah. What I mean, this? it's super important for cardiovascular health, and you know, um, I think. Uh, you know, just anecdotally, um, in Japanese relatives of mine who've, um, you know, just eaten natto every morning for breakfast, mm. I mean, you know, so have been, you know, very healthy. And it's, of course, they eat all these other healthy things as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, the natto kinase is so important for cardiovascular, K2 mm. It's for an bone. enzyme, right? Basically. Yes, right. yes. And it's produced through fermentation. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you clean up your... Blood vessels. Yeah, mm. exactly. It, yeah. Mm. So it's, um, uh, and you know, there's also uh, something called PQQ. Have you mm-hmm. seen that? You know, it's really good for uh, beautiful skin. And right. Antioxidant. Antioxidants. Mm. Yeah. Right. You have a great skin. So oh, it's thank proven. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, that you know, the uh, natto kinase, that's an enzyme, and also it, it's contained in that fluffy. Uh, yes, sticky that, all elements. that fluffy stuff. What's that? People say. Right, so you <laughs> have to stuff. eat that part. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, how do you eat natto? So typically, natto is eaten for breakfast. Um, and I, you know, when I've, I usually just do what you do. I mix it up and add a few little condiments like um, soy sauce or tamari. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have access to really good eggs, I'll add a raw egg yolk mm-hmm. um, and green onions, mm. and you know, and for that, uh, if it if taste is a concern, if it's a little 
Um, the ammonia taste is a little mm -hmm. too strong. Even just a drop of rice wine vinegar is mm -hmm. really helps to cut that down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and when you get uh, the natto packets in the store and those awful styrofoam containers, you know, they'll yeah. have those flavor packets inside mm -hmm. and also some hot mustard and hot mustard sort of does the same thing and mm. so you you know you mix that out and you you have it with rice miso soup some pickles <laughs> little you know maybe grilled fish right you know and yeah well nori. i think yeah. my brand um that i chose is it's i don't i never smelled ammonia smell yeah so that i think it's important if you you know my listeners if you want to try the first one it's you know i think depending on which one you pick and if the first one gets stinky you should try a different brand mm -hmm. I think that's really good advice yeah. Right. yeah I gave you some natto you can smell it it's not stinky yeah I'm sure it is <laughs> it's great like, hmm, doesn't smell as bad as I thought or it doesn't really smell mm -hmm. I mean and then some people I have some clients you know and customers who like it aged more and so they just keep it in the fridge a little longer and it mm -hmm. gets that um, more you know interesting okay. <laughs> tastes yeah uh, yeah and so but yeah i mean you could do natto uh so that's a, like a typical presentation in the morning but uh you know uh you can probably google me and find me making natto okonomiyaki oh, wow. <laughs> so if you know you want to have natto but not the stickiness you it's in the pancake mm -hmm. you can put natto in miso soup right. uh, natto in the uh, dipping sauce from noodles in mm -hmm. the summer um, and, you know, then, so, you know, I'm trying to sell natto to an American audience and thinking of other ways. And I think that, uh, you know, I have this great guy in Portland who works for me, a natto freak, geek. And um, he came up with a really amazing natto deviled egg. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of taking that original idea of natto and egg going well together. Mm -hmm. And, of course, natto and omelets, all that. But mm -hmm. with the deviled egg, you know, taking the, the, the hard-boiled egg yolk and mixing that with some chopped word up in the mm. food processor. And, it, it, you know, it was really yummy. Right. Um, yeah, I don't eat that <laughs> Yeah, I should give you the recipe. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, yeah, and I heard that somebody tried uh, uh, the natto as a pizza topping, and I heard it worked. Oh. Oh, wow. With the cheese yeah. and then... Yeah, we'll have to suggest it uh, <laughs> right <laughs> over <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great idea, actually. Right. And yeah. by the way, I um, I put some uh, uh, chives, so scallions, yes. and uh, mustard, Dijon mustard, mm. and a bit of wasabi. Yeah. And then mix them. And sometimes wrap in nori. Oh, yeah. I mean, it all sounds good. Yeah. Um, so if I d sometimes don't have access to good eggs... Um, I will add some toasted sesame oil, mm. um, and that it brings a kind of creaminess, richness mm. to it as well. I'll try um, it in the morning. Yeah, mm. give it a try. And I love kimchi chopped up in natto, too. Mm. That's like oh, <laughs> well, no, my favorite way. <laughs> I know. Seven days a week, different Yeah, way. yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we talked about, you know, those um, the health benefits, but... Let's talk about um, your natto products. Mm. So what is unique <laughs> about your natto? Well, I mean, I'm using soybeans, organic soybeans from the upper Midwest. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I think Japanese natto is made with soybeans from Canada and the United States, same area. But, you know, they're, sm they're smaller. Mm. So um, my beans are a little bigger. Right. Can, I heard it's smaller because it ferments earlier. Oh, and that then be, yeah. Because economical. Right. Or yeah. factories. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I, personally, I think, you know, small almond tastes differently. Yeah. So it, it's a personal and I taste as well. I think that my natto is a little milder because of the beans are a little larger. Mm. Surface area sort of equation. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm going with what's available to me, the best soybeans that are available. And, mm. you know, I've... Um, so they have that original natto, and then I'm working on some other nattos, like mm. non-soy nattos. Um Oh yeah. So, so you and then, first of all, you have non-GMO. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And then you use soybeans and navy bean. Yeah. So I started experimenting with other beans, sort of reluctantly or slowly. Um, I think because my early experiments were like, oh, this doesn't taste like natto. <laughs> this mm. isn't what I want. Um, but then you know I was in the spirit of experimentation, kept going with it, and so many people. Um, you know, with all the different allergies, 
today uh, can't eat soy, even in its fermented, mm. safer fermented form. Mm. So, um, you know, people were asking it, and it's been really popular, sort of just demoing it out and about, like, ooh, navy bean natto. And so I probably tried out 15, 20 different mm. beans, just did little batches and experiments. And it was quite interesting. And I don't, you know, and, and I don't know, before I bring that in a wide way to the market, I really want to have that tested to see what is the K2 in that. Because people, that's one of the mm. main reasons people are eating it for the natto kinase, the K2, the PQQ. Right. So I do want to have some of these things tested. And so, but, you know, to me, it's sticky. So it looks like natto. So I think it must <laughs> have good stuff in it. And it tastes good, too. The navy bean has been over time the most successful. So that's kind of what I'm I'm going with. Mm. So yeah. And also some people have digestive issues with beans because beans can be tough on your digestion. Yeah. But once you ferment them. Yeah. You know, I mean we've done everything. We've soaked them and we've fermented them. And mm. so yeah, it's and I think um, traditionally people had found that to be true. It was a f- considered like a fast food, you know, in Japan you could like you said get it from the, the right. natto <laughs> ice cream man, right? And uh, but it was just easier to digest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so who buys your natto? So I'm just getting to the point where I'm going to be on shelves. So I've been presenting this, um, uh, you know, at festivals, fermentation festivals, and I have uh, people that you know sort of come to me directly mm. for natto. So, I mean, um, but it's interesting. I think people have had some experience in Japan and miss it, are definitely, and and Japanese families. Um, mm that live in the United States and want their kids to have good food or just for themselves, of course. Right. And then, of course, the, the, the folks who know all about the nutritional benefits and, mm. and want it for those reasons. Right. So it sounds like non-Japanese people. Yeah. I mean, and, and Japanese people. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it's really a, an interesting mix. Right. But it's, it's been really interesting to sort of bring a white, you know, because I was always told, oh, Japanese or American people will never like not you can never sell natto in america are you crazy you know mm. here i am so we'll find out <laughs> right and also yeah. i think uh you know when you eat natto in the states everything's frozen for shipping yeah and and then if you make fresh one that's yeah a big difference that's a huge difference and so i think once people experience that um they you know it's it's a really different experience for them if they've only known the frozen mm. certainly yeah right so, oh, maybe you, you're changing the frontier of natto in, <laughs> in Oregon in the States. <laughs> yeah, hey. definitely. I'm, uh, that's, my, uh, <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> mm. And yeah. one more thing, you know, you have a uh, hikiwari natto. Yeah, so hikiwari natto is, is traditionally made with, like, crushed soybeans. They're, they're broken down first, I think, so that the uh, cooking time is less. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've been experimenting bringing that to market with doing that or just chopping mm-hmm. natto. And, you know, and that's meant to really, uh, that that's the form that I've found people really enjoy it the most mm-hmm. is chopped. Right. Um, it's it's an easy thing. They don't have to stir it. It's ready to go. Right. So, um, but traditionally, hikiwari natto means you actually crush and the peel of the skin. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm sort of seeing in small-scale commercial production, right. which makes more sense. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so uh, probably we're going to go with uh, tataki, you know, like mm-hmm. the chopped. Right. Yeah. Mm, that's but, a good, good, you know, good medium. Yeah, right. I, I think so. I just have to figure out the, the production side of it. Because right. like security is too much work. I th- Yeah, that's what I'm kind of finding. Right. To <laughs> crush my own and yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so can uh, listeners order you a natto? Yeah. So I have natto. Um, I, uh, you know, I think the best way would be, you know, just to contact me through the website, wampakunatto.com. Okay. So yeah. that's uh, W-A-N-P-A-K-U-natto.com. Yes. So wampakunatto.com. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what's your plan for the future? Oh, I don't, <laughs> you know, I really... <laughs> I'd like to see, so it feels like natto is having its kimchi moment and that, you know, kimchi used to be this weird thing that, you know, you just kept at home if you're mm. Korean, don't share it with your American friends. <laughs> it's too stinky. And it's, it feels to me just doing this over time that natto is having that moment where it's, uh, you know, it, it's easier, you know, people are just enjoying it without mm. any uh, 
baggage of, you know, oh, it's an acquired taste. And so I'd really like to see it, um, you know, on uh, fine dining menus, that flavor mm. profile, the way we see koji uh, marinated uh, pork or something like that on mm-hmm. a menu or sort of these um, interesting flavors, mm-hmm. um, I think that it has a place. Right. Well, actually, I just saw a chef's uh, magazine, Japanese chef's magazine, and yeah. one very fancy restaurant. Um, this guy used uh, a basilisk natto yeah. and then fermented uh, pork meat oh, and then wow. made it into sausage. Oh, That was amazing. So I, yes, send me that article. Yeah. I'm really interested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the sort of thing I'm, I'm really hoping to see right. come about. Because yeah. I think the flavor of natto is strong, but, you know, it's not like by itself, you know, it's a strong fermenting um, bacteria. Yeah. So it adds flavors to, you know, if it's chefs, you're listening, just you have to yes. try that. Yes. <laughs> chefs, call me, call me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like you said, uh, you know, the kimchi became mainstream in a way. Right. And uh, so did the kombucha. Absolutely, right? right? And, you know, yeah. like Smogersburg, you know, incubator of a food business yes. made it kind of popular, too, and mm-hmm. so many cool brands. Yeah. So, so next is Natto. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Right? I'm not joking. So. No, no, I'm certainly not. <laughs> right. So yeah, that good is luck. Yeah, thank you very much. So, and thank yeah. you for joining us today. Thank you. So yeah. hopefully we can talk about the Kyoto experience next mm. time. Yes, next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listeners, uh, if you'd like to know more about Heidi's uh, Natto, uh, again, it's a... Uh, wanpakunato.com it's w-a-n-p-a-k-u natto n-a-t-t-o dot com and uh, it's a super cute website oh thank you and if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for guests or topics of the show please contact us at japanese at heritage radio network dot org and japanese is live at 3pm on mondays always available at heritage radio network dot org and itunes and stitch as a podcast and please go to itunes and stitch and write a review we really appreciate your feedback and our engineer today is Vitor Harsh. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.